Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to tonight's episode of Talk Daytime. So first of all, we hope that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, we're both lucky we both did, um, but that's not why we're here. We are finally back on together to catch up on what's been happening on days and maybe a little bit about what's going on on our other shows. Um, but I know Kathy has lots to say about days, so I want to just go ahead and get started. So Kathy's here. Hi, how are you? I am good, and uh, we are ready to chat about days, so just jump right in wherever you want to start. Oh, well, I'm just really, really, really excited about days. Days have been on fire, well, ever since Ron Carlovati took over there. Uh, you know, he's he had some building up to do. He had some breaking down to do that he needed to, you know, get some things going. And he's had like a clunker or two, but for the most part, the show is everything that you could possibly want in a soap opera. It has got some really great stuff going on. The casting, as always, at days is fantastic. They've got a really great cast there. They're really playing it to the hilt. There's been some casting uh, ins and outs that are going on right now, um, and that you were starting to see some of those changes come into the forefront specifically recently. Nobody does holidays like days, and they've had some big things. They've had uh, Allison Sweeney has come in and out in, uh, in the past uh, couple of months. She ushered in, um, kicked off some really great stories. Uh, we had um, um, not Eileen Davidson, but Susan Hyatt came in and took over the role of uh, Susan and uh and uh, Crazy Kristen, and she came in and just blew it out of the water. Everybody was completely worried about that recasting, and they didn't need to be because it was fantastic, and she just played it to the hilt. There's some great stories going on with um, Marlena and John, and we had uh, Hattie and uh, Bonnie back on campus for a little bit, which, of course, you know, just uh, Judy Evans and Deidre Hall, just completely chew the scenery up in all the best ways whenever those characters are around and they you can tell it's almost like you can watch the show you can tell they're just having so much fun when that happens um anyway days has just been absolute fire but there has been a couple of big casting things that have occurred with it um it's old news now of course but you know Stephen nichols has moved on um it's really an unfortunate situation it looked like maybe it was a situation Based on what's being said and what's not being said in the press, it looked like probably what happened was some type of financial standoff. Sony, as you can tell with the Young and the Restless casting changes that have been happening recently, they don't seem to be playing around financially. When they say no, they mean no. Um, Stephen Nichols pushed back a little bit on what he was expected to be paid, or it might have involved uh, his, uh, it might have been involved the number of days that he was going to be on a week. Um, regardless, um, whatever happened there, it did not work out, and he was ushered off canvas really, really unfortunately quickly. There was not a great story to tie that up. Um, we do have, um, you know, Kayla still there trying to make sense of what's going on. On, on the show, what they're saying is that Steve was – um, taken away for a, a treason charge because of a, an eye, his, a, an eye, a robotic eye that he has that was recording information and uh, and giving it to third parties. And 
it, they really kind of just trundled him off very quickly, and that's kind of one of the unfortunate misfires that's been going on. The other thing I would probably, I'm going to go ahead and give due diligence and scold a little bit before I talk about all the great things that's happening. But uh, the other the other clunker has been this triangle between um, Abigail, um, who is until this week being played by Marceline Miller still, um, although uh, at the end of this week, uh, Kate Nancy is coming back. It, in fact, it might have been today. I haven't watched the show yet this week. Um, but it, it may have been today that Kate Nancy made an appearance. It's sometime this week she'll be coming back on the show and taking over the role of Abigail again. Um, anyway, there's triangle between her and Chad and Stefan, who uh, is played by your honey, Tyler Christopher. Um, he has been, and he has come in and unfortunately it's just been this kind of a clunker of a story that's kind of dragged the canvas down a little bit. Uh, they had Abigail getting, um, Ron kind of went to the, to the, the old well where he had Abigail end up with DID and have these altars and, uh, one of them fell in love with Stefan and, you know, they they ended up doing it, and Chad, of course, caught them at the inopportune moment, and then there's all of a sudden it's a who's the daddy story, and it just, it really has been a drain on the entire vibe that's been going on. Um, one of the other things that's not really working that well is uh, the race and hope storyline, but they seem to have scaled that back quite a bit, thankfully. Um, but some other things are really, really great with this for our lives. And starting with um, just absolutely uh, everything as far as what's going on with the young scene, they brought uh, Sierra back on canvas. They brought Ben, Crazy Ben, back on canvas. And they've been putting him with the younger set, dealing with Sierra and Tripp and Claire. And the chemistry with Sierra is absolute fire. Uh, It's a redemption story in the making. It's really being written as old school soap, so it's a slow burn, and it's been absolutely fantastic to watch. A uh, really great chemistry. Uh, there has been some pushback on Twitter about that because you know Ben is a former serial killer, so you know that, that's one right. hell of a redemption story to have to tell. But uh, they are doing it just magnificently, and the chemistry is amazing between those two actors. Um, so that's been great. Um, the the Bonnie and Hattie uh, story, uh, actually they've kind of had separate stories on this, but they had an, an incident where Kristen came back in on canvas and she shot Marlena just as she was getting remarried to John. Um, then there was a story where Marlena had a, a, an advanced directive that would have made her, instead of being in a coma for a few days, they were going to have to discontinue life support. So John and Roman stepped in and uh, got Hattie to busted her out of jail in order to have her pretend to be Marlena, could hide Marlena away so she wouldn't be killed. And, you know, of course, Hattie as Marlena made a miraculous recovery and wreaked some havoc and made John actually marry her. And so it, that was a lot of fun, obviously. Um, and then we also had uh, um, Bonnie back on canvas, and she was wreaking havoc with Lucas coming back in to pretend that Lucas had fathered a child, turned out to be her daughter's child with uh, with Rex 
from a one-night stand, which reintroduced him to the canvas. And then they brought in uh, Lindsay Godfrey, and she is playing uh, Sarah Horton, who is uh, Maggie Horton's daughter. Um, so she's been a great introduction to the canvas. You know, we've talked with Lindsay before. She's a fantastic actress. Uh, she was always great on both. Yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, and she has really been just doing some work, uh, coming in with a, and immediately finding out that her fiancé had betrayed her, um, has picked up and run. She's shown some great chemistry with uh, Greg Vaughn as Eric. Um, and they're, you know, so she's off to the races. Uh, it's been a really good introduction. Um, and then, unfortunately, there's been some uh, casting people, you know, casting decisions with people coming in and out that I don't like. Uh, Christopher Sean just finished up his uh, his stint as uh, Paul, who, frankly, is my favorite of the triangle between Paul and Will and Sonny. He, he, I, I will always think Paul is greater than the both of them because Will and Sonny, somewhere along the way, lost all their chemistry and became incredibly boring together. Um, Paul has been a fantastic chemistry maker with both of the other guys in, in their various pairings. And uh, so I hate to see him go. His chemistry with uh with Drake Hobson too, as far as, you know, the father-dad chemistry and with um, Eric Martzoff as, as Brady, as his brother, uh, that's going to be sorely missed because that was such great relationships that he played with everybody on campus. And so uh, lots going on with days. Uh, my man, Matthew Ashford, is coming back. I can hardly contain myself. So um, I'm really excited for that to happen. I'm really yeah. excited to see what's going to happen I think everyone knows it. you're excited. Yes, I'm very, very excited. Um, and, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with him. Uh, rumor has it, looks like it's going to be New Year's Eve when he hits the canvas again. Um, it's going to be fantastic because we will get to see um, this will be the first time with Jack alive that we get to see um, all of the all of the Devereaux together um, as adult characters, this is going to be, I mean, this is going to be the first time because uh, by the time Casey Moss had hit the scene as JJ, um, Matthew Ashford had been moved along off canvas last time and Jack was dead. So this is this is going to be great. Uh, I can't wait to see all of this unravel. And it, it's coming up on Christmas holidays. It's nobody does Christmas better than Dave does. And, and I'm just super, super excited. And, and so I'm here part of the reason I'm here after all, all of that babbling for however long I've been babbling now um, is to harass you into watching regularly. I know you watch one soap, but now you now you can watch two because you really I don't have that kind of time. I'm, already like, I'm literally like a whole week behind on GH already because I just don't have time right now to watch two soaps. I watched days on Thanksgiving because, um, well, GH was on, but everybody was in my house. And, uh, no, I think it was the day before Thanksgiving. I had a house full of people, and um, I didn't want to watch GH without my family because my mom and I watched it together, sometimes with my grandmother. So I turned days on because it was on, and I was just sitting there. <laughs> and I, so I did watch days for um, – it was it was Wednesday because I was home alone. So I did watch days, and I saw, like, Victor and – what's her name? Maggie? Um, uh, I watched them have Thanksgiving. Is that right? Um, Who were you? Who, were you, who did you think? Is it Victor the old man, right? John Aniston. Oh, John Aniston, yes, Victor. Victor Kyriakis. Yeah. Yes, okay. I watched him and his wife have Thanksgiving in an argument. 
So yeah, uh, yeah. His wife Maggie. Uh, that's that's Maggie that's what Morton. I thought. Um, yeah, and um, and yeah, Thanksgiving was was kind of a um, a low key episode for days. They they focused it on. Uh, like, I was expecting more. <laughs> Honestly, because well, like normally when I watch it, I watch it on holiday or I like I watch the holiday ones or whatever. Normally it's like a big thing, like it's a huge production, so I was kind of expecting that when I turned it on. But it was no, so I think I think they must have been accounting. I think they must have been accounting for a lot of people not watching because of the holiday, because uh, it was a very very low key episode for days. They tend to do it up more for Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving yeah. is kind of you know kind of an interim and a, 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 a stop and a pause and a take a breath. But uh, Christmas tends to be where it's at. Of course, you know you got the the ornament hanging of the on the, the yeah, horse now. Yeah, I watched it on Christmas. Um, I watched it last year, year before, and all that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, there was they did have a couple of relationships move forward a little bit uh, leading into the week. Uh, Eli and Lonnie, um, they are uh, kind of a couple. They've been paired previously with other partners that have all since fruit basket turned over and split up. They did have a weird little story where they had a child way premature and early that the child didn't survive. And it was a very sad story, but it was a very weird relationship-building story. They kind of bonded yeah. based off of that experience together. and But it seems like now they're really kind of starting to even that back out and actually do a build with that couple. Uh, I, I kind of didn't like the way that they insta-coupled them uh, using that emotional manipulation before, but it's really starting to click and start to work now with Lonnie starting to show some jealousy issues um, because of a really great introduction to the campus, uh, Sheila, and I can't remember the actress's name that plays her, but she's fantastic. Um, She's been a great addition because she's basically a a dose of realness around. She's kind of pulling the stick out of Abe's butt. Um, about his various and sundry prim and proper issues, they're kind of using her to uh, bring some social social rele- relevancy. She came in Thanksgiving. Julie immediately thought she was hired help, so they addressed some quasi racial issues that were that could have come up there and discussed them. And I was kind of glad to see that they didn't shy or shirk away from that. Um, you know, how dare you make the assumption I'm the hired help? I'm here as a guest. You know, and they they didn't shy away from it at all, which I thought was fantastic. Um, so, uh, and, and she's just basically a breath of fresh, fresh air. She's fun. Um, and, and, you know, so I really love the friendship that she has with, uh, Eli. I don't think that they're trying to hit for anything more than that. I think they're just basically, you know, showing and showcasing that, that longstanding relationship. Um, and, and, but they're nevertheless, you know, Lonnie is, really kind of hitting and chafing against that because she she cares about Eli a little bit more than she probably is supposed to. And it's kind of triggering some jealousy issues that he knows is coming as their relationship builds. So it's that's a nice build there, um, and I'm glad to kind of see it happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all around, they're doing so many great things. And I think it helps that you've got Sherry Anderson and Ryan Kwan that – Ron has these great ideas, and he overall he knows what to do. He knows how to showcase that. He knows how to showcase younger crowd people. Yeah. He knows how to cycle stories in and out. But a lot of times he can also be his own worst enemy and can go a little, a little much with things. And it seems like they're doing a really great job, like we wish he had had over on GH, of being able to rein in his worst instincts. Um, so it's it's. Just, I mean, it's everything I want out of a soap right now. It's so great. 
Um, you know, again, there's a couple of small misfires in there, but they're really great. Even with the 15,000-year lead time that they have filming, they really seem to be cognizant about making their own course corrections. And it seems like they know when something's not working and they rein it back and they start moving in a different direction. So it's 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 really working out for Ron being over at Dave's. I'm thrilled by it. I'm not surprised by it. I'm excited about where it's going. I am cautiously optimistic about what's going to happen with Jack because, of course, this is a character coming back from the dead. This is my character coming and back from the dead. And you love him so much. <laughs> I love him so, uh, and I really want this to be done well. I don't, you know, past couple times that, that Jack has been back on campus, it's been uh, basically an abuse fest where he abandoned somebody again, supposedly, and and we have to hear about how he's a terrible person, and it's beat up on Jack, and eventually he gets back with Jennifer, and I, I don't want that garbage. I want I want some edge on, on Jack Devereaux. Um, Jack Devereaux has always, you know, at his origin, he was, I mean, he was a bad guy to start with. And he had one of the best redemption arcs that Dave's has ever written. Um, and, and I just, I want, I want that, a little bit of that edge back. I want him to have a little bit of that attitude. I don't, I don't you know, and if that means he doesn't know who he's it, who he is, um, you know, so be it. If it means he and Jennifer are never together again. So be it. I, I'm a character person first. I want to see great <laughs> writing. I want to see great characterization. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. So I'm, I'm cautiously yeah, optimistic. Yeah, hopefully it's good. Yeah, please don't screw this up, Ron, because it needs a lot. So, so I'm very excited please about these Please do not writing. ruin this. Because Ron, I mean, Ron writes really good stuff, but Ron can also screw things up. Because we've seen that. So let's hope that this is not one of the scripts. Let's hope this is one of the good things. Yeah, he he. Sometimes sometimes he. I mean, he and you can tell. It's just like with everything else. With with days, you can tell he has so much love and affection for what he's writing, for the history of the show, for the genre itself. Um, it's it's great to see a writer with that with that dedication and that respect for what they're actually doing. Um, right. I I you know it's it's I always like. You know, I mean, you can you can do a lot with amazing actors, but you can only do so much because if you don't have good writing, you're nowhere. And he is a fantastic writer, um, and he's one that enjoys what he does. And and it becomes obvious by, you know, when you watch what it is that they're, that they're putting together at days, you can tell everybody there is having a fantastic time. Um, and and some of the actors watching them grow as actors, Camilla Banis uh, as Gabby. From when she originally came on that show to where she is now is miles away. And some of the story, again, she's kind of stuck in that that clunky triangle um, realm with Chad and Stefan yeah. and Abby and in that realm. But it's been fire watching her do. She is so she, – she basically got screwed over, thrown in jail for, for a murder she didn't commit – was beat up incessantly several times while she was in there and basically beat up so badly she could no longer have kids when she got out of jail and was cleared as the murder that Abigail committed. And then she, uh, you know, um, her daughter wouldn't talk to her because she assumed that her mom had just taken off and abandoned her. Um, and they've since made up, but Abigail or Gabby was on fire to get, Abby back and all of that has culminated where it is now where they're going to make the cast transition from Marcy Miller to Kate Nancy um, with Abigail locked up in uh, 
uh, uh, basically locked us in a loony bin because Gabby gaslighted, manipulated the situation and made everybody think that her altars were back and put her there. And she's come forward and admitted this to Abby, knowing that Abby can claim anything she wants to, but nobody's going to believe her because she's made it look like these altars are back. And so Gabby has, you know, went from kind of quasi um, troubled friend of Abigail's to full-fledged vixen, and it is a beautiful thing to watch because everybody needs that. You need that on canvas. You need that that character. And she's right. what, what's great about it is that all the characters on days, some of them are really doing really, really crappy things, and and they're not necessarily bad, but they all have these beautiful shades of gray. And it's it's just it's fantastic to watch because nobody is very okay, Mary Sueish or rubber stamp heroine or anybody like that. Even even the younger crowd, where you've got uh, Claire, who is a legacy character. Um, you've got her. Um, she means well, but she's going to do whatever she wants to manipulate a situation, and get her way. And you know, so here she is doing things that are not necessarily good things to do. But you know, she's not really, really bad. She just she wants what she wants, and she's going to go out and do things to get it. And it's it's great seeing that because it's very real. It's very uh, it's very watchable. And you have these people that are, have layers and levels. And it's not it's not like it is on certain shows where somebody does something absolutely terrible, and there are zero consequences for it. These people get called on the things they're doing wrong. And even if they're not doing them with bad intent, they still have to suffer the consequences of what they've done. Yeah. And I think that's what's making Day so much fun to watch, is that everybody's in a really beautiful shade of gray, um, going from the lighter shades all the way to the dark shades, almost black. And it's it's fantastic to watch. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. I am here to advocate for it. Most everybody I know on my Twitter timeline is watching it now. We've had people jump from all kinds of soaps that are really dissatisfied with things that are going on in the other soaps right now that have been jumping to it. I think more people should. It is great soap. It right now is the best thing. It's the best soap that's on the air as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I've heard a lot, and a lot of people have been tweeting us or whatever talking about it, so... Yeah, um, I just don't have time for two soap, and I'm super invested in GH. So GH is my soap of choice, but I do catch days, and I do read tweets and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of know what's going on, but I'm not as, like, versed in it as you, of course. Yeah, um, well, I mean, and even if you start with some clips, even if I corrupt you in some small way, I would say if if nothing else, try to go find some Ben and Sierra clips, because it's very, I know you like, that AD super couple stuff. And Ben and Sierra are not a super couple. Folks, super couples are over. It's a style of writing. They're gone. Let it go. Wilson's not a super couple. Neither are any yeah. of the people that you really, really like. And it's okay if you really, really like them. And it's okay if they're really, really popular. But they're not super couples. That style of writing is gone. It's not coming back. But they do have that very old school burn that you would see with super couples in the past. It's just that it's going to take them like, you know, six or seven months to get together versus the two or three years you would see back in the 80s when right. that style of writing was really prevalent. Um, you would probably is... like that couple. You would probably, it's been a great slow burn. There's a little bit of an age difference uh, where he's a little older. We're talking about the guy that used to be engaged to Abby at one point. Um, 
So, um, but it's and, and the chemistry is just fantastic. There is a beautiful chemistry there that you just can't manufacture anywhere. Yeah, there are a couple of people. Are, okay, people throw that around so frequently. It's really funny. On my YouTube channel a while back, I did a, a collaboration with people where I was asking people to sign up and do a couple in a video, and it was a supposed to be super couples only. I literally put a Wikipedia article listing the super couples. And I still have people asking me for couples that were not on that list. And I was like, they're not a super couple just because you like them. That's not that's not how it works. So Well and that and I, understand. Be, I mean, you know, people I don't know if they think because the word super is in it that it that if they label their couple as that that it's gonna be a special snowflake thing. It's it's not. I mean super couple is a, literally a style of writing where the couple comes together have op- basically it's usually an opposite to track scenario where one is kind of good the other one is kind of not um they have an obvious attraction for each other typically there's going to be a series of things that are going to keep them apart for a long period of time it may be a year before they ever kiss or even hold hands then there's going to be this torturous build and then one of them is going to typically get married to somebody else because hey that's usually what happens um with their super couple they they for the good of whatever they need to chase the other person away and so they're going to marry this other person over here who's not as good for them because the because they would be bad for the person that they love and you know so there's that something goes that with that eventually nine times out of ten those people are going to cheat with the against the people that they are married to um, I actually did an examination of that like a couple of years ago in a blog post where I talked about how um, a lot of the super couples, if you look back over them, um, there is a, there's cheating involved at some point, and that doesn't mean that they were wrong because you know they were with the they were they were cheating with the person that they love. However, they were however comma they are married to somebody that uh, is not the other half of the super couple. And so, you know, I mean, it is a very specific style of writing that was popular in the, say, mid-'80s to, uh, I would say, probably the mid-'90s was about the last one. I think the last vestiges were probably uh, Sonny and Brenda, maybe, on GH. That was probably right around there, uh, uh, maybe even, uh, you know, I don't know. No, that's probably about it. Because after days, I don't know that there was anybody that was a super couple on days um, after, say, Jack and Jennifer. I can't think of anybody after that. Um, I mean, may, people have tried to make the argument for Sam and EJ, but the, the style just isn't there. I mean, and and, and I don't know. Maybe maybe people can make the argument for that. Same, some people try to say Sam and Lucas. I really don't see that either. Um, I think that that days pretty much was done. Their era, the super couple, pretty much finished with with Jack and Jennifer. Um, and you know, GH went a little bit longer with uh, you know, uh, with Sonny and Brenda. I think is probably the last one that I would consider that style of writing, where they really, really tortured them, really kept them apart, got them together for a little bit, and then busted them up again. It's just you know, I mean, that ongoing torturous thing that you've you having watched Bow and Hope clips, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So and Stephen Kayla, obviously. So yes. um yes, yes, yes. But yeah, it's 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 interesting to watch people get very they, they try to make that argument for the couple that they love. And it's great. Love your couple. 
love your ship, love what you're into, absolutely love all that. It ain't a super couple. That is gone. That's that's all our writing's just gone. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Unless you're comparable to um, Eve and Caleb Bo and Hope, Liz and Laura, Robert and Holly, Robert and Anna aren't really a super couple. Robert and Holly kind of have that thing. Duke and Anna. Then then don't come at me with that because no, it's just not even in the same realm. Granted, there are couples today that are fantastic, but it's just not the same. It's not. Well, even if you and, and and you know, there's something to be said too about the the amount of audience that was had with those. And and granted, it was a different television world. You know, there's a lot more choices of things to watch on TV now. But when you have you know Luke and Laura, whose tell you know whose wedding was watched by millions of people all over the world, um, you know, you're not going to get that that level with any type of popular couple that's out there right now. And there are some really great ones. I mentioned Will and Sunny. There is a huge audience for Will and Sunny. I personally am not in that audience just because I was at one time, but now they just, I don't know what killed that chemistry, but it sure did. Um, it, it is dead. Um, but there's still a huge <laughs> following for that couple. And, and you know, but that well, said, they're not a, they're not a fans, super couple. That doesn't mean they're a super couple. Right, right. They're not a super couple. They are not, they have not followed that formula of writing for that couple. You know, basically they 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 came together. They came together pretty really quickly, and mostly at that point on days it was more or less a necessity of hey, let's throw the two gays together. And really, that was pretty much it. it was like hey, these two people are gay. Let's couple them. And thankfully, they had great chemistry, and they were really kind of cute and sweet together. I was like, hey, I'm all about this. They got married. Um, and then Will cheated on Sunny. That's not typically what you see in a super couple. Of, you know, the super couple, they're all about each other. They may push each other away because they because they think the other person deserves someone better or something like that before they get to the point where they're married or before they get to the point where they kiss or whatever. But you're not going to see one partner just straight out, outright cheat on somebody like Will did. Um, and then not right. just once, but twice, you know, several times. Like, he, he actually moved and spent a couple of weeks away out in California or something like that writing something. And while he was out there, he cheated several times on Sunny out there, too. That That's not your typical super couple writing. And then, you know, the whole death thing and the not death thing, and he's back. And then he hangs out decides he wants to be with Paul because he can't remember who he was. And it, it's... It is a valid form of storytelling for that couple, but it is not right. Right. 100% agree. You are right on the money. And um, so, um, we can appreciate so what's, been going on, what's been going on at General Hospital? Have you been watching it, any? Uh, Yeah, Kiki died. <laughs> Sorry if you guys haven't watched, but she died. So it sucks. Um, Haley has moved on to uh, Haley Aaron, the actress that plays her, has moved on to doing a primetime show, which is awesome for her, so congrats to her, but they killed Kiki. Ryan Chamberlain killed her. He strangled her. I haven't seen today's, but at the end of yesterday, Jordan and um, Curtis, they got married and stuff, and they walked into their, like, honeymoon suite on the Haunted Star. That's where they had the reception, and they opened the door, and her dead body laying in the bed. So that's that's honeymoon killer, number one. And number two, it is, yeah. She was on her way, and she was late, and Griffin, like, left and was like, hey, we should go away for the weekend. And it's like, yeah, we know something's about to happen to her because he just told her he loves her. And he goes back, Mm. and she never shows up for the wedding. He goes back to the apartment, and there's, like, a broken vase 
and like her scarf and it's like cold out like it's winter and um he picks her scarf up because he thinks that maybe she left and he just didn't see her or like she was by the time he got back there maybe she had made it to the reception well he picks the scarf up and like turns it over and it's bloody on one side and he uh freaks out of course and so that was kind of the end of it yesterday as far as we saw with him and then with um jordan and curtis and then so i haven't seen today's yet but she she's dead She's all the way dead. So that could be worse because last last week Ryan killed, or a couple weeks ago, Ryan killed Mary Pat, the nurse from Farnsworth, and he put her head in a barrel of apples. So like the where you bob for apples, and they took the lid off to bob for apples, and her head floated out. It was so cool though, like it was great special effects. It was actually freaky. I didn't expect it. And then he put her body in Ava's art gallery. And put a, a, a jack-o'-lantern on her head. And Ava went to work and, like, found a body there. And um, he, like, planted Carly's hair in her hands. So, like, it's creepy. But it was, like, actual creepy. It wasn't, like, fake so creepy. Like, it was actually freaky. Yeah, they did a good job with that. Um, hmm. He told Laura. He Love in the afternoon. Well, Laura still thinks it's Kevin. Um, she, she knows something's wrong, but she can't figure out what. And he, uh, because she came back from France. Like, probably, what, two months ago, Jeannie Francis came back, and um, he wouldn't sleep with her. Like, he wouldn't sleep in the room with her, but he also wouldn't have sex with her. And she was like, what's wrong? Like, this is, like, unusual. I haven't been home. Like, you don't want to sleep with me. Like, and it was, like, a big thing, and they were fighting over the fact that he didn't want to sleep with her, and it was obviously a problem. And then she um, she came downstairs one day, and he was like, I'm not coming home today, like, um, this marriage is over, whatever, like, the whole thing, and, um, it was, like, right before the election that that happened, and she was running for mayor, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, like, I'm not coming back, and she was, like, super strong and tough, and she didn't even get emotional, she's like, fine, don't come back, and so now they've been having this thing where they're fighting, which their scenes are great, but it sucks, because it's, like, we know it's not him, but she doesn't, she just knows something's wrong, and, like, she has been, like, super tough, and, like, been, like, fighting back, and then, like, you know what, fine, that you owe me an explanation kind of thing because that's Laura. And then yesterday, um, Carly said something, and Laura was like, yeah. And then she just started crying, and Carly was like, what's wrong? And she's like, my marriage is, like, falling apart, and he doesn't want to fix it. So, unfortunately, we're seeing, like, weepy Laura again, which I love seeing because I love Jeannie, but I don't want to see Laura as a victim. But I know that when this story, like, pans out all the way, it's going to be awesome. I'm just waiting for that, like, moment because, like, they figured out that the guy in the – because he locked – Kevin in, in Farncliffe and Carly has been like having a private investigator like investigating because she knows there's somebody there that shouldn't be but she doesn't know who and so then we find out that his name is Todd Wilson so he used his other alias as like Kevin's patient name so they're like about to it's about to be a big thing but it hasn't yet and um let's see Oh, they did an escape room for like the bachelor and bachelorette parties and it was actually super cool like one of the escape rooms the, the breakout code was Ice Princess. Like, it was, like, the original Ice Princess kind of thing, but modern, and it's, like, a breakout room with, like, 20 people in it. Um, like, Jordan's wedding party, like, the women were in there, and then the men were in one that had, like, Ryan Chamberlain and, like, all of those people in it. Um, it had Franklin. It had all the serial killers in it, and they had to break out. But the well, Ice Princess room was super cool. They had, like, a, a Helena Cassidine statue and, like, a phase on, and, like, it was great. It was pretty interesting. Well, did they put the serial killers to good use and get rid of half canvas? No, unfortunately they didn't. They didn't kill off those nobody <laughs> characters. I don't care about. 
And if Kim, I know anytime I see anybody Kim, tweet anything about DH, I have no idea who they're talking about anymore. So, yeah. I know, I, I, cancer. First of all, I just have a beast in GH. There's literally no way that this kid has lived for like four years with glioblastoma brain cancer and not noticed. And like his parents were like hiding it from him, which is terrible in my opinion. And like I would hate my parents if they did that to me. But um, they like hid it from him for all these years or whatever, right? And then he finds out and he's like never had any symptoms except like fainting like once or twice. Like there's no way. That's not even like human. Like that is not possible. Okay, like it's not believable that he's lived this long with this and not known that there was something wrong with him. It's also not believable that he has lived this long. So it's a big story. One would think that the show that's named after a medical facility would try to get the medical story at least, right? Well, yeah, right. And then so that happens, and he found out about it, and he was, like, refusing treatment, trying to be emancipated. And, like, Jocelyn was like, you need to, like, live because I love you and whatever, you know, 15 years old but whatever. And um, so he decided to, like, do, like, a drug trial which will, I'm sure, because it's a soap, will magically cure him. Um, but, yeah, sorry to tell you, GH writers, that's not possible, number one. And number two, I'm pretty sure immunotherapy is not going to cure his brain cancer, but what do I know? So <laughs> that's where that story is headed, and I don't really like it because I, I, I appreciate the awareness. You know, this is a big issue for me. This is something I really care about. So I appreciate that there's awareness being brought about because – Literally, I had never heard of it a couple of years ago. So the fact that it's on a television show right now that is on every day is great. But if you're going to tell that story, tell that story accurately. Do not ruin that. Like, don't mess it up because it is important. Like, with Anna, Anna had, um, I can't remember the name of it, but Anna had some kind of blood cancer. And they told that story, and they, they told it with accuracy. So I'm not sure why we can't tell this one with accuracy. Like, I appreciate where they're coming from, but if you're going to do this, you have to do it well. I think it's too important to mess up. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't now, get, but. I don't get why I don't take advantage of the opportunities they have there with that. But it's almost like they've got ADD with the writing over there. Like they can't, yes. they can't find it. They can't take an idea and take it to fruition. They don't have the patience to to put the investment in the writing to build the story in order to make it. It's like they they half-ass the story in there and just cut it in half before it ever really gets anywhere. And yeah. it, I would imagine, I mean, I don't, you know, it, I, again, I haven't watched GH in probably, um, it's been at least a year since I've even bothered to try to watch it. But, you know, that used to drive me, that's why I quit watching it, because I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to watch any more stories about things I didn't care about because I wasn't invested properly. And it's just, you know, it, it's infuriating to want to care about a story, and then before you can even really get into it, it's over. And well, uh, you know, when, if you're going to try and tell a, to a character, no one cares about. Well, I mean, if you're going to try and tell a story with some social significance, you better take the time to tell put the correctly. investment into it to to make it, you know, to make it to make it have exactly. impact. Otherwise, otherwise, you're just you're you're not helping that issue being brought forward truthfully, honestly. Right. And with any significance or impact, and and it's sad because well, there's with, opportunities there that are being missed all over the place. And with the story, it's great. I mean, we do have like Tamara Brown is in this story, so she wants to force him to have treatment, and Billy Miller's Drew does not want that. He he doesn't want to try and force him or whatever, and so, um, but he was like, you need to do it, but he didn't want to force him. She want, is willing to like take him to another country and force him if he's emancipated. Like she's like hardcore because that's her kid, it's like that. That's out of it's really interesting, and she's great, and I like that. 
but I don't understand why we gave cancer to a character that no one cares about. Literally no one's invested in this character. He is not that great. The, little, the actor that plays him is great, but the character sucks. So I'm not sure why. If you want to make an impactful story, give it to someone we care about. No one cares if he's yeah. from cancer. Honestly. Well, and between, and so, between that and I think I actually tweeted something a little snarky today about because I saw, like, no lie, for probably the maybe sixth time in the past two months, there was a spoiler that was posted about episodes, and it was Carly goes to visit Morgan's grave. And I'm like, when does she not? I've seen the same exact spoiler like six times in the past couple of yeah. months. Who cares? Yeah. Well, <laughs> is it going to be any different than the last time she went, like, like two weeks ben, ago? I mean, yeah, right. You know. He's still there. Ben got, well, I guess he's Look, not. Look, he's still buried person. under the ground. Woo. Yeah, I mean, he's coming. He's not buried because he blew up, but whatever. Ben, uh, ben got a letter from Hayden, which is really interesting because uh, there's a lot of rumor about Rebecca Buttick returning, and um, there's no confirmation, so it's kind of like a, you know, she might show up one day thing, and no one will know. Um, but she wrote him a letter telling him to meet her in, like, a certain place because they had unfinished business. And, you know, when she left, which I really like her, so I'm invested in this, even though he bores me. Um, sorry, my least, and you're great, but your character is not. Um, well, it's true, but I love her. So, anyway, she wrote him a letter. That's bad. He was actually kind of – he used to be kind of quirky and fun. What happened to him? Well, I mean, he still kind of is, but he's with Anna, so, like, he's just obsessed with her. He's like, ugh. And, Yeah. More on that Tuesday night because I don't have that many t- that much time tonight. But um, they don't even go together in mind. But anyway, so Hayden and he went from Hayden to Anna, which doesn't even make sense. But anyway, so when she left, she was pregnant with his baby, and she told him that she lost it. So we think that she's gonna meet him because she lied about that. Because the thing is like. Nobody believes that she really lost this baby. People think she just kind of said that because she didn't want him to follow her or feel the need to find her. So, like, if she says, I lost it, then his investment in her is over. But it's not because he was not there when she left. So. I, have this feeling, I have this theory that that's not Anna, that that's actually her twin sister that they've been writing for the past, I don't know, how long has it been that they've been well, writing in and out of character like, about a year back. or two? That, like, that, was a, that was an actual story. Like, that did happen. Oh, Alex came back? Yeah, and um, then well, Anna, somewhere and there was a swap, um, and maybe they've got a, tri- maybe they got a triplet because yeah, that that. Well, Alex said something yeah. that was like inherently British that Anna does not say, and Emma was like, "My grandmother doesn't say that." Like, that's that's not mm. you're not you're not you, and like Emma's the one that like figured it out. It was like around nurses all time last year, I think. And Emma figured it out, and then like Alex was like arrested and expedited and all this magical stuff anyway we'll talk more about that we'll talk more about gh on tuesday night you guys um tune in for a continued version of this chat we only have about three minutes left tonight so i have to stop before i go down the rabbit hole of the anna devane story but i want you to tell everybody about who we've got coming on next week yes okay is it next week really it is next week really it is it is. It's next tuesday okay so i lied next tuesday we're not talking gh we might be talking gh next monday or whatever, but because we're having Lisa on. But next Tuesday, we have Nathan Butler coming on, and I know you guys probably are like, who? Because that's what I said, <laughs> but I'm super excited because Lisa, he's Lisa's new client. Most of you guys know Lisa. Um, he was UN on GH years ago, but he's also doing a movie right now. So he's trying to promote his new movie and a new show that he's been working on. So I'm really excited to chat with him because he was kind of like a character from the past, and I love, like, 
when we like find those people and kind of like can chat with them because GH was so different back then. So I was, you said you know, you. I was actually all of, I was actually all about that pairing um, when they first paired him yes, up until I think when it became obvious he was leaving that they, they kind of bombed him out and made him a bad guy or something like that. But he was super cute. They had great chemistry. I was a fan. I like so him. I'm very excited. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to because that was kind of before my GH time, guys. So anyway, but I'm really excited. He's going to be on next next Tuesday night at 5:30. But we only have like 20 seconds before we get kicked off, so I'm going to shut up. Thank you guys so much for talking with us tonight. Kathy, thanks for the day's update, and I will chat with you soon. Talk to you guys later. Find us on Twitter. So much whatever. Bye. And bye. Emily C0915. Bye. Yep. Yeah.